Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are joined by a special guest to discuss the season five episode of Supergirl titled It's a Super Life. And uh, Morgan, I figure you should do the honors of introducing our guest for this one. Yes. Yeah, so our special our special guest on this week's episode is Mike Latiri, my fiance, Mike <laughs> Why don't you uh, say hello to the listeners? Hi, listeners. <laughs> uh, when when I saw on the character description that that Monel was going to show up in the uh, 100th episode, I figured that we should uh, have the full spectrum of Mon Mon opinions on here. And since I am m- m- notoriously Mon negative, <laughs> and Rebecca sort of waffles in the middle of the scale, we needed somebody who was just straight up Mon positive. And weirdly enough. That's my fiance. I don't listen. I don't get it either. It's a it's a it's a hurdle for the relationship, but we've managed to make it work. Well, it started off with Morgan just being so mon negative and me just trolling her just a little bit. But now I just really like the character. So, but now he's gone all in. He's just he's just so happy and upbeat. Yeah, yeah. He's a big fan. He has he has gotten better since he got the beard. The beard That's helps true. a lot. The beard does help. The beard does help. It, it does skew me more mon negative, mon positive, actually. Weirdly, it has no impact on my view. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> this, this does not shock me very much. <laughs> well, uh, thank, thank you for joining us, Mike. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, and we always ask our first-time guests uh, this question because we want to know where you're coming from. Um, so do you remember the first time you heard of Supergirl or saw her? Where where was your first connection with the character? The TV show or Supergirl in general? The character. In general, yeah, the character. In general. I don't remember. No, I don't remember at all. You've just always known (laughs) I just, like, I feel like I'm, yeah, because, you know, I grew up, like, watching, like, the Justice League and Superman um, TV shows um, and like stuff like that. And, you know, all the all the like comic TV shows from when we were kids um, in the 90s, uh, X-Men, Superman, Batman. And I feel like she must have showed up in something, maybe the Justice League or something. And that was probably my my first impression of her. And then I saw her in some comics down the line. But I could not tell you the names. Did you ever watch her movie? Did you ever watch Supergirl the movie? I didn't know there was one until you told me. Oh, so whenever whenever Rebecca and I do our special Supergirl the movie episode, you can uh, you can watch it with me. We can watch that together. Pop some popcorn. Really get in there. Awesome. 
<laughs> that will be an experience. Uh, 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 believe that. Um, yeah, uh, so that will be happening, Morgan. Uh, you're going to be watching it, uh, and we're going to have fun with that episode because I have some ideas on how we can approach that. Um, uh, yeah, so get excited. Um, okay, so uh, I'm glad that you're able to join us to talk about Supergirl for this big episode, Mike. Uh, this was the 100th uh, episode of the show. Um, and since we don't have any news for this week, the, the big news was that Supergirl had 100 episodes. So let's just get right into it with our discussion of the episode. So here's the official description. Quote, Mick Siespitalik, guest star Thomas Lennon, returns with a proposition for Kara. What if she could go back in time and tell Lena her secret before Lex did? Would things turn out different? I'm pretty sure that should be differently. Yeah. That's, turn out I mean, differently? I feel like... Uh, we've said this i've said this before but i feel like the description writer got reined in and now she's just kind of <laughs> she's like well if i can't let my creativity flow <laughs> what what did we name her veronica was her veronica that's right or, or so i forget what her name was uh okay so uh, to finish off the description uh looking back over key moments throughout the series Kara must decide if she wants to change history to become friends with lena again familiar faces return in this special episode unquote so this was a big episode that did cycle back through the uh, series itself uh, with very key moments, very specific scenes, um, and uh, had the return of Mix Mr. Oh, God, I'm going to have to say this <laughs> so many times this uh, this episode, but Mr. Mix, yes, Pitalik. So I guess we could start with him because he is the reason that we go through all these different timelines. Uh, so I guess my first question, Mike... Uh, since we haven't talked to you about Mixie before, Morgan and I have talked about Mixie. Uh, so I was curious, what did you think about Thomas Lennon uh, as the character? And first and foremost, uh, I demand that you say his full name. I was just going to call him Mixie. Because... No, you can't. No, <laughs> that's not how this works. Mixie Pitalik. No, 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 that's not it. You, you got to really think about it. You got to really pull from your diaphragm. Mr. Mixie Pitalik? Isn't it Mixie's Pitalik? You're missing the yiz. In this episode, <laughs> he he calls himself Mix as Pitalik. Oh, God. Why do they keep changing the pronunciation? I don't have the first one. <laughs> I think he even said it differently than Peter Gaddio did. I think he did, too. Well, I really like Thomas Lennon. I think he's just got really good comedic timing. And I feel like they should have just went with him from the get-go because he really embodies um, the kooky Mix as Pitalik, especially the one who isn't being really, really creepy to Kara. Um, so I thought that was a big improvement, and he was just really fun overall. Uh, I like that he like went into an old-timey voice mm -hmm. and kept pulling out different different sorts of ways to show you, show Kara the past, um, especially the one the wonderfully buffering uh, what mi mix it mixiflix mixflix <laughs> mixflix yeah which which I think Morgan pointed out was just the uh, the it, CW it looks, website it was basically the CW <laughs> they like reskinned the CW website which made me laugh because I don't know if if anybody's tried to watch the episodes on the CW website but that the 
experience that he had it has been my experience every time. Just buffering, <laughs> buffering, buffering. Sa- the same commercials three times. The description that's on the home screen of Mixflix is actually a real description for the show. Kara Zorel decides to finally embrace her superhuman abilities and become the hero she was always meant to be. I couldn't find it anywhere else, but I definitely know it's on Microsoft.com. So they just yanked it <laughs> from their metadata. So I, I thought that was really funny. As someone who used to work with metadata like that. Oh, that's so funny. That's very interesting to me. They just uh, pulled it off the website. I also liked when he was like, okay, let's not use the website anymore. <laughs> was it Betamax tapes that they went to? Betamix. Betamix. I was like, not even VHS? Like, that's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess those were beta mixtapes, but they sort of look like VHS tapes. They did. I also like that. Uh, I think Mike pointed this out that all the names of the F, uh, of the uh, tapes were like Friends titles, right? Yeah, like the one where <laughs> yeah, the one where Lena and Kara had a fight. <laughs> it's 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 great because the whole episode was about friendship. Friends. Oh. <laughs> See, we were almost there, but we didn't quite. If we had both yeah. said friendship or friends at the same time, that would have been great. It would have been like we planned it. We can re-record that. <laughs> That's not how we play it on Supergirl Radio, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I thought Thomas Lennon did a really uh, great job. And I like that they explained the differences between his take and Peter Gaudio's take, because that's something they definitely needed to address. Why did they look so different? Um, so I, and I, and I liked that they used that difference to create a little bit of a character arc for him. So the, the whole premise is that he, uh, you know, boiling it down to him personally, like he's got this mission he has to accomplish. Uh, he's got to go and help people and cars the last one. And he's got all of that, but character arc-wise, he tells Kara that he's lonely and that being around her made him feel like he had friends and all this stuff. And that and that tied into the fact that it, Peter Gaudio's version was kind of forcing himself on Kara. And so I liked that they they used the, the difference in the likeness to have a character arc for him. And I thought he played with uh, played off of Melissa very well. So I was glad to see him there. The only thing that kind of bothered me about this take on the characters that I kept reading, and this is not anything that was really, I guess, shown within the show, but I read interviews with the showrunners where they were like, yeah, we d- we didn't like how uh, he was portrayed in the past, and we wanted him to be fun and quirky and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, the whole point of Mr. Mixias Pitalik is that he's an annoyance, that he's a jerk, that he messes with Superman and Supergirl, that they hate it when he shows up because he's so annoying. So I, w- I was kind of like, I don't know, they kind of did him a little better the first go-around, more true to his character but um, but I, I appreciate that they took a different take on him this time, and they made it work within the context of the story and what had been shown previously. So I, I kind of got irritated with them in that regard, but what they did on the show within the context of the episode, I thought was great. Because he's mostly like a Superman villain, correct? Yeah. Or is he... He's a villain, right? He's a villain. So he like doesn't have to be nice. It's it's cool. It's kind of what his jam is. We'll have a, a very big discussion on villains, I feel like, in this uh, discussion of the episode, because I have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> uh, villainy. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the whole thing was with Mr. Mixias Pitalik. Like, you want to figure out how to make him leave, because he 
messes with your life. <laughs> so, uh, so that was very strange. Um, uh, what the what the showrunner said. Oh, I have a quick question. Did did Mixie just leave um, Ale- Alex and John in the woods playing paintball or something for like ever? Or <laughs> are, happy are they still there? Are they still there with their with the shooting their guns that they're not allowed to have anywhere else? <laughs> yeah, ban all the guns except for paintball guns. Um, I assumed that the the mixy car stuff probably played out within a couple of hours. I like to imagine having to like call an Uber to get home. <laughs> the best part was that they were like, okay, Kara, you can handle it yourselves. And then like, they're ready to like, just leave on their own. And he's like, nah, go. <laughs> yeah. I think they uh, probably just had a really good game of paintball and they didn't think about it, but uh, that's, that's, it's kind of weird the way they played with time though, in this episode. So who knows how long they were out there? Who do you think won the paintball? Who game? won the paintball game mm. between John and Alex? I think Alex probably did. I think Alex is is uh is more intense on winning probably. Yeah, yeah. she she really likes her guns. She, she sure does. <laughs> but John can just have the paintballs face through him. So he's it's really but, not fair. But isn't that che- that's cheating? That's that's cheating. John, that feels like cheating. Is, is the paragon of honor, he, and he, yeah. he that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good call. He would not cheat. Surely he would not cheat. Um, he would cut. Co- he would kill Rain without caring about Sam. But he wouldn't cheat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. He's like, oh, I've had enough of this. But but no, when it comes to paintball, that's that's serious. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so I guess let's talk about the the timelines. So did anybody have like a favorite timeline? Because th- there was one timeline I really wanted to stay in if if I could have. Uh, so was did anyone else have a favorite timeline? I think my favorite timeline was the uh, Kara and Lena uh, super friends timeline where it was all like newspapers spinning and it was like Supergirl, <laughs> Supergirl and Lena Luther do this, Supergirl and Lena do that, hear all about it. And, then, and, and they were like, they were like superheroes that had a, a cult dedicated to them. Like, I, honestly, if they were like, Morgan, you can pick the current storyline as it stands or we live in uh, the Supergirl Lena cult universe and i'd be like <laughs> sign me up for that cult get get rid of my body thetans i'm i'm in <laughs> but then you then you have to live in a world where there's no uh no cat grant no alex no john no no they they exist in, oh at the end yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's that why is, she that's why she backed that's out. the trade-off it's a tough trade-off i don't know if i would make it i'm not saying i'd make it but there's there's some stuff in this season that maybe i would trade <laughs> For all dead characters, just Kara and Lena. <laughs> but no Plus Leviathan. The <laughs> yeah, but then we lose Ramakan, and then how will the, how will the plants get tended to? That's, we'll just bring you into the show. That's that's my chief concern. Uh, you know, this, this episode really was just missing Ramakan to be a greatest hits for me. Monel and Ramakan. Your your two favorite. My two favorite super characters. <laughs> Oh my God! Why? <laughs> so many questions. Um, yeah, Mike. What if you could pick one of the one of the timelines? Which which one? Which one would you pick? Well, the dark timeline is probably the most interesting to me. I kind of would love to see like how they got there. Yeah. Um, 
I re- I like the underground like resistance of John and Alex and Monel and Win all like trying to fight against the regime of Lena. Yeah. That would be a, like a really neat story, like a kind of Elseworlds uh, spin on the Supergirl TV show. So that would be really fun. Oh, what if what if one of us picked the one where Supergirl just died immediately? <laughs> <laughs> The timeline I want to stay at is the one where she fell out of the sky and uh, and Lena just couldn't make the Amtrak back. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not choosing that one. <laughs> I I would want to go into the the evil Lena timeline. I thought that was that was something I was on the edge of my seat, wondering what was going to happen, what what the outcome of this was going to be, and I loved like the the red lights on Catco. I loved the Hope bots. I loved all of that. So I I really wish we could have stayed in that timeline. I wanted to see where that was going to go. Yeah, that was definitely, I think, those that one and the, uh, the, <laughs> the Supergirl Lena working together timeline were my two favorites to see because just because those were the two, like, the most different ones. And I think that the, the evil Lena timeline was just so, like, things have gone terribly wrong. Like, as soon as you get into that timeline, you're like, Oh, oh, like, uh, I mean, first off, National City real estate must be at an all time low. Like that's (laughs) that's the time to buy. You're buying and you're flipping those houses, hoping, hoping that the hope bots stay off the street and that that, the dictator Lena doesn't kill you. Because when that comes back around, like you're just going to make so much money because they're like (laughs) cars, whole building was demolished. That's true. Coming back around, though. No, it's not. Yeah. It's definitely not. <laughs> Milo Stalo. Yeah, Milo Stalo. That's my motto. <laughs> well, I, I, what I thought was really interesting about the Evil Lena timeline is that I think this is the outcome of her non-Nacheri project. She wants to control the minds of everyone on the planet. So this is what would happen. It's not good times, I think. <laughs> I, I, I'm i kind of sad that, like, Carr couldn't bring Lena with her on this journey. Like, uh, maybe call her up and be like, oh, hey, I've got a robot here that's been asking for you. And then, like, when she shows up, like, grab her hand and be like, Mixie, now! <laughs> and, like, because uh, I think if Lena could see maybe that that she's a little bit misguided, with forcing people like you can't force people to be nice i know lena i get it i've been on twitter and i understand (laughs) i understand that there are some real edits we could make to humanity (laughs) but you can't you just can't do it then then it's not it's not genuine you can't if somebody's being nice because you force them to be nice they're not actually nice (laughs) but but don't you think she has had to have thought through that i mean wouldn't wouldn't you think that would be (laughs) but no (laughs) <laughs> I think she was bullied way too much in middle school and it just like really left a lasting impression on her. <laughs> she couldn't get over it. She's like, all I did was was ride on my horses and get bullied by my brother. Little did she know if she could have taken Mixie's snaps and gone back and just invited Lex on a horseback ride, it would all be different. <laughs> <laughs> so Morgan, we, we hadn't seen Hope in a while since Crisis. Yeah. I know. And now we got, and we now we have hope bots. We have an, a whole army of bots that like go around making sure you haven't broken curfew. I screamed. I was so happy. I was like, oh, 
hope you're back. And he, she was like, why are you out on the street? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, that's my girl. Uh, <laughs> I love that the, the Hope Bot is like now in Lexo suits. That's a real upgrade. It is. God bless Miss Tessmacher and everything. Uh, gorgeous. But I mean, if I... I would pick a Lexo suit. That thing's pretty cool. She can like, sh- Hope can like shoot, like shoot fire now and <laughs> lasers and really take care of business, really clean up the streets. I mean, listen, Hope's not perfect. She's not the perfect robot. Her programming's a little flawed. <laughs> Lena's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me wonder in that timeline, did she experiment on Eve first and then do the Hope Lexo suits or was it always just the Hope? Lexo suits. Maybe in that timeline, like when when Hope was like, We will we will sacrifice ourselves. This is what Eve has told me she wants. <laughs> Lena, instead of being like, No, no, you're my only robot friend, Lena was like, Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like R.I.P. Eve. Oh man. I feel like Eve probably wouldn't have made it that far in that timeline. Lena was real cold. The <laughs> she minute was. Eve betrays Lena, Lena just kills her. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the whole like Metallo situation probably turned turned <laughs> Lena dark a little faster than than just being really angry and petty. The current trajectory. like this like this season. <laughs> yeah, they they say the trauma and loneliness drove Lena mad. And didn't wasn't it that like Lillian also like literally experimented on her and turned her into Metallo and kind of like drove her crazy. Well, <laughs> she says her mother experimented on her. Ooh. We don't know if that's her biological mother or if she was talking about Lillian, but I guess we could assume Lillian because Lillian was a she was introduced, if you remember, Morgan, the first time she appeared on the show, she was uh, known as the doctor and she mm. worked with Cadmus. Shoving some kryptonite in, in, in Lena's chest to save her and driving her crazy and experimenting on her. I mean, it feels like a classic Lillian Luther Lark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Lillian's like, remember that time we bonded as mother and daughter? And like, Lena's like, I have kryptonite in my chest. And she's like, yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> so while we don't have confirmation, it does feel like a Lillian Luther thing to do. The one downside to all of this is if you took Lena, like a wonderful lifestyle and showed her all of this, she might see that and be like, Oh man, I really wish I had some kryptonite installed in me. That way Supergirl could stop <laughs> with me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm gonna have to beep you out, my car. <laughs> Might have to bleep you, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I think uh it's it's curious to think about what Lena would do if she was in Kara's position. Cause she does in that in that kind of that first timeline when Car first tells her that she's Supergirl and and Lena goes to Metropolis to talk it out with Sam she does wonder about you know am I really a villain so I think there is part of her that doesn't want to go down that road but I think she doesn't realize the things that she the things that she is doing could lead her there. So I don't, I don't know if Lena's really understanding what she's doing. Yeah, I thought that the the one one of the good things about the episode is that it presented a pretty balanced view of Lena. If you're in the camp that like Lena's a good person, you've got a lot of ammo to back that up. If you're the in the camp of like let Lena Luther be be Lena Luther and like let her just be a villain, you got uh, some nice ammo in that one too because I think in every timeline except the last one where it was like 
Metropolis, Mad Max, or whatever. (laughs) National City City after dark. Uh, In every other timeline, Lena did the right thing. Uh, Just everyone just died. Uh, Like, Lena was a good person in all of those timelines, except that everyone died. Uh, Which is through no fault of her own, you know. Uh, She did get mad a bunch of times. But, that, I mean, that's sort of her jam. She's She gets mad at people pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a flaw of her. That's a character flaw. But uh, otherwise, she kind of pulled through. <laughs> yeah, sometimes she gets drunk and puts on a leather jacket and goes and, to kill And then someone. it's murder in time. Then it's murder time. When she gets drunk, when that leather comes out, it's a uh, do not get in her way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, since I guess we're here, uh, my question is at what point, because I saw a lot of people on uh the interwebs uh across all of our social media platforms uh upset that Kara as supergirl referenced lena as a villain and while i understand the sort of outrage over that i also wonder at what point is it okay for lena to be labeled as a villain because can we can we can we recap some of the things that lena luther <laughs> has done Remember the time she science murdered that guy? That was good, good times. I mean, good times. she she did probably have him sign a waiver. So I'm not gonna totally... the, wa- the waiver said I might science murder you. <laughs> Sorry, and then a sad face. <laughs> I, yeah, he, he signed it. I think he he was under the impression that he he might not make it. So I'm not gonna count that. That was a freebie. <laughs> that, that was a freebie. We're not gonna we're not gonna count that. Uh, so as a child, she watched her mother drown didn't help her i feel like you can't hold that you can't hold that against a four-year-old <laughs> what was she supposed to go jump in baywatch style and drag her mom out she could have I mean, yelled. she could have yelled for help she, she could have done, done something. something she might have been traumatized michael well, it certainly <laughs> is a traumatizing event and kind of informs some of those later actions yeah okay all right yeah. all right so even if we don't count watching your mother drown and sort of liking it uh, and then science murdering a guy. She still tried to murder Morgan Edge. She kidnapped Eve and implanted an AI into her brain. She tried None to kill Supergirl. <laughs> she tried to kill Supergirl. She's chosen to work with Lex, and she knows what Lex is capable of and what he's done in the past. And her big plan for this season is that she is trying to remove free will from people from the entire planet, from the entire population of Earth. She's trying to do this. So my question is. <laughs> At what point is it okay to call her a villain? That seems that all seems like villainous stuff to me. So I think she's still in a in a morally gray area, but she is trending hard towards villainy. She has gotten behind the 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 the, the sails of those ships, and she's like to the horizon, where the horizon is mind control. So just to clarify, taking over a. Uh, military base and <laughs> and being like this close to launching your mind control weapon on the entire world. Yep. That's just trending towards villainy, right? Yes. That's <laughs> it's not actual See, that's villainy. That's trending towards villainy because like she didn't do it. And also she felt real sad about it. She had, <laughs> she had, she, as she was doing it, she was like, Man, I miss my friend. But then she was like, "But I'm so mad at my friend. I have to mind control everyone." I think when when Lena gets to f- to to full villainy is when she like throws out, out the scrapbook that she put together of her and Kara's best moments, <laughs> where, where she rips it up and she like sets it on fire and she's like, "All right, 
this it's time she takes off the friendship bracelet she throws it in the fire she's like it's on now i feel like as long as long as she's got that friendship bracelet there's still a small part of her that's good you know who has the same exact plan as lena but on a much smaller scale gorilla grod he yeah. does it on like a city scale and people are like, oh, man, we got to watch out for this gorilla. He's so evil. Yeah, but I mean, but to 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 be fair to Lena, <laughs> Gor- <laughs> Gorilla Grodd hasn't helped out a whole bunch in the past. I think he Lena's, did like Lena's last got a season. little bit of goodwill, I think, from all those times that she saved people with her science. She's has saved more people with her science than she's murdered, although the calculus is starting to trend against her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my problem with Kara ta- telling Lena or referencing Lena as a villain, my problem was not the the word villain. My problem with that interaction was that Supergirl has always been the character who would believe that there was good in a villain, that there was something that could maybe she could reach out to and use to convince them not to do the bad thing they're about to do. And it's like she she just let that go and she dropped that aspect of her character. Now, I, I also was glad to see that Kara realized, hey, Lena's choices are her choices. Uh, that I was glad to see that Kara wasn't going to keep that guilt on herself because I think that is something she has to come to terms with like i messed up i'd try to make it right but you know lena's choices are her choices and i can't do anything about that because that's something i had to you know to get personal i had to learn that lesson in my life uh because i've had some some terrible friendships where some people i just was like nope that's it we cannot be friends anymore and i had to realize that uh, I could not control other people's reactions to things. I could only control how I reacted to things. And so I was glad that Kara realized that lesson this week. Um, and I thought it was a good way to contrast sort of Supergirl's worldview uh, with Lena's worldview that Kara made all of it about Lena's choice. She said, you have a choice to do this. If you do something bad, that's your choice. And Lena is the character who's like, I'm going to take away your choice. I'm going <laughs> to remove your free will and take away your choice. So I thought it was cool that they're, the Supergirl writers probably did not intend to for me to get that deep uh, layer out of it. Uh, because I don't know that that's totally what they were going for. But I, that's how I sort of saw it, is that Supergirl is the character about choice and free will. And Lena is the opposite of that. Um, so I did like that. I just, I just, I'm conflicted on ca- how Kara sort you know, where she landed after all of these timelines uh, on whether or not I thought she made the right decision and said the right things or not. I'm a little conflicted on it. Do, does anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I felt like, so I felt from just the structure, I was a little conflicted also about the the structure of the episode because there were things I liked and there were things that I didn't like. One of the things that I, I didn't love was that I kind of felt like the whole episode was a like a retroactive justification for her never telling Lena when I mean, you and I have gone over it a million <laughs> times. There were definitely periods where it was like, why, why not just tell Lena? And I thought that there was at one point, like Lena made a really good point where she was like, I had 
my friend and I was trying to save her and she was a very dangerous Kryptonian. And if I knew you were Supergirl, I would have looped you in. I could have died. <laughs> like you not telling me your secret, like put me literally in mortal peril. I only did this solo because I didn't think that like I didn't know Supergirl personally. <laughs> she wasn't my BFF. And so I thought, you know, the idea that like going back into all these periods of history and being like, yeah, that's when everybody thought that she should tell her. And then having it be like, well, turns out everybody dies. So actually totally justified. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't love that. That kind of made me like roll my eyes a little bit. But on the other hand, what I did like about it is the idea of letting the past go and not torturing yourself over a mistake because everybody makes mistakes and you can play that what if game a million times. And the idea is that like, you don't actually know what would have happened and you can't know because you can't go back in time and fix things because nobody can go back in time and fix things. Like you can't go back and be like, if I just made this one decision, everything else in my life would be different. Well, yeah, but it might be worse and you don't know that. So I, I liked that they kind of sh like played that aspect of the story out as well. The idea that you you have to move on. You can't be stuck in the past. You can't be stuck in the what ifs. You have to, you have to just own your mistakes and recognize them and like grow from learn and grow from them. You can't be stuck in trying to like rewrite them constantly. <laughs> With all that said, the right time was after the plane, and we all know it. And it's amazing <laughs> that they didn't go. They, they showed it. They showed it early in the episode, and he, Mixie literally says, "That's the time when you should have told her." And they don't ever go back to that time. Both of us were just yelling at the TV at that point. We were just like, "This is the episode." The plane, the plane. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I don't know. I mean, would it would it have been applied to the same fact that she had still, I mean, that still had been years that she'd kept that secret. I don't know if it would have been any different. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. And, and this is where I, you know, it's the sort of the, the, the wagging the dog situation where you can feel the writers going like, no, no, she shouldn't have told her because death? question mark uh where i'm sure if she had told lena and the plane they would have come up with some other crazy thing that would have happened that resulted in everyone dying and so retroactively justified car not telling her there that was kind of my issue is just like yeah there were i mean yeah we went back three or four different places where she could have told her but yeah there were probably a hundred other places where she could have told her where the results wouldn't have been and everyone dies like literally this this episode was uh just rocks fall everyone dies every single timeline <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I i get it i get it you have to they never the problem is that this show never properly justified why they they weren't telling lena and they could have done that at some point in some way but they never chose to do it and now that they're telling this whole story where lena is super mad about it as you know maybe is her right uh, you know, not, not the mind control that went, that's a little weird, but, uh, or the, the hope robot, you probably shouldn't make your own friends that <laughs> way. Uh, but I mean, I, I feel like they, they had to justify this decision. And so they went back retroactively and was like, well, she had told her at any point, everyone would have died. Are you happy now? 
<laughs> well, it's, it's hard to justify, especially when every time they introduce a new character, <laughs> within like two episodes of introducing them, Kara's like, hey, guess what? I'm Supergirl. Yeah. Because when Dreamer showed up, she was like, oh, she's so sad. Let me tell her about the time that I was Supergirl. <laughs> and then Kelly shows up and she's just like, well, you're James's sister and we love James. So by default, we trust you. Well, I'm Supergirl. Does Does Kelly well. know? We actually aren't sure if Kelly knows. Oh, really? We I know feel so like she's just like Kelly. at all the things. So <laughs> she is. She might be just invited to all the parties, but kind of out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like me every time I show up places. What are they all laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they keep on calling her super and then giving her finger guns? I don't get it. <laughs> Did I missing the finger guns? No, I just. Oh, that would have been great. I could really see John being pew, like. Pew. <laughs> oh yeah. The space dad should definitely. That's such a dad joke too. The finger guns. We need yeah. to get. We need to get finger guns with a space dad. Yeah. Maybe you guys can have him on the podcast. And ask him. <laughs> we'll suggest it. <laughs> well, yeah. With Kelly, I think we just all kind of assume, but I don't think it's ever been uh, explicitly said that she knows. When they had to mind wipe Alex. Was that last season? That was season four. That was the take the grass season. Yeah. Oh, God. Dark days. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, when they had to mind wipe her, they also had to mind wipe like 35 extras who just happened to like be walking through the scene when uh, Supergirl was screaming, I'm Cara Danvers, I'm Cara Danvers. <laughs> and, she, and they were like, oh, crap, I know that now. Uh, so yeah, the it, whole DEO knows. The whole DEO knew. <laughs> but not Lena. But not Lena. Like, they trusted like random extra number six <laughs> with that information. Like, they those people leave the DEO and then go live a life like they don't just they don't just exist in the DEO like James did under his desk like they leave occasionally some of them betray the DEO exactly but they don't tell anybody Car is Supergirl that would be too far that's a good point like last season several agents betrayed the DEO those people who are allowed to know that she's Supergirl there was, there was no clearance level so I do at, at a certain point it's like Mike makes a good point like they Car is just wandering around like whispering I'm super girl at people <laughs> and like I feel like if the show did a better job at like clamping down on her secret and only having a couple of people know like if this was like Smallville where they were like just like letting people drown instead of like telling Clark's secret <laughs> or, no no he didn't oh. it just it got very it, it was seasons and seasons where like the closest his closest friends didn't know and there was no it just became too much <laughs> <laughs> There should be a happy medium. <laughs> some some people did die who knew, or they would get knocked out and their memory would go, or you know something like that. By the end of this show, Lex definitely had like some sort of traumatic brain injury by from the amount of times that he would just get knocked conveniently unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I I I think the show was trying to in some way go back and and show that no matter what Kara did things might not have turned out well. Um, and I was I, I was kind of laughing that of all all of these people who've experienced time travel, they've experienced the reboot of the universe. None of them... <laughs> just when, recently, too. Just recently, when, when they said something about time travel, I was like, hold up, we just rebooted the multiverse. We're going to do this again? Um, but when... So at the very beginning of the episode, like... Alex is trying to counsel Kara like do you really want to do this over a friendship and then like two minutes later she's like no you totally should do this over a friendship <laughs> um but nobody none of them like Alex 
Jean, Cara, none of them sat down and said, you know, have you ever heard of the butterfly effect? That's a thing where if you just move one, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure Cara's seen Back to the Future. She's a big film fan. She, she Surely she would know that if you move something very slight, if you do something with that far, farmer's almanac, you're going to mess with the timeline. She's she's best friends with uh, uh, Barry Allen. She should know that messing with time uh, should should be something you should really thoughtfully consider. But none of them like expressed like a consequence that could come Just out of immediately this. on board. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, no, you should totally do this. It's going to save lives. Go for it. Yeah, I feel like she's probably had a conversation like that with Barry before, or at least heard of the downstream effects of of that, of the nonsense Barry did, when he was like, let me do this seven times. The seventh time, it's definitely going to work out. And it was real bad. <laughs> she's probably heard about that before. Yeah, and didn't she, I, it's just, didn't she go, uh, like, essentially go back and change time when she beat Rain, and then that, like, created a Russian clone of herself that she had to fight all of last season? That is correct. <laughs> that was time travel? That was, yeah, that was she the beauty the Legion of ring. time travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she yeah. went back and she, she got her one mulligan. you think that she would have learned from that experience, or talking to Barry, or, like, maybe having a brief conversation with the Legends, although that's probably not the best barometer, because they have no idea what's happening. <laughs> even though it's a whole show about time travel. Yeah, there's, there's never any repercussions no as long as you're on the wave rider. That's true. There's no rules there. They, they, they probably would be like, yeah, I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, hold on, let's take care of it for you. <laughs> and and Ray would Ray would tell her just real sweetly. <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, so um, so what are your thoughts on uh, this this line from Monel? Which I, I actually really enjoyed Monel in this episode. Um, I, I thought he gave some really wise advice and and things that that he was telling Kara because there was a there was a line that really stuck out to me. He tells Kara, "You deserve the same compassion you show others." So I think Kara should get some slack. I mean, she does show a lot of compassion to a lot of people. She's been very forgiving in a lot of circumstances. Uh, I mean, Alex murdered her aunt, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. She's pretty forgiving about that. Uh, so I I thought he was right. I, th I think Kara deserves a little grace, uh, especially since she was trying to, in her view, protect Lena. So I I'm glad that someone expressed that to Kara. And, uh, I, you know, if it had to be Monel, it had to be Monel. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that beard. <laughs> he came back a little wiser, a little, a little hairier on the face, but a little wiser. If there's one thing Monel's always done, or at least since like the beginning of Monel, is he really gets Kara, and he kind of feels like he knows how to talk to her and like how to motivate her and keep her keep her steady. And I feel like that's kind of been missing a little bit since he's been gone because she's really had a lot of troubles in the last few seasons um, and been kind of sad. Monel could have saved Mon that. Monel could. Monel oh could have changed a whole lot of things for Car. Maybe he could have even repaired the friendship. That would have been your, that would have been your ideal 100th episode. We just instead of going back in time for the, <laughs> with Lena, it's like what if what if Monel stayed? Uh, that's so when the, when, the Monel verse when the, the pre when the preview was there and Morgan was like Monel's in the hundredth episode. I was like I hope they do what they did 
with Win and just bring him back, that'd be great. Mino was good in this one. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not arguing. I mean, I don't know if I want him back all the time. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume he's still married. So uh... yeah, that's a downside. That's a downside. Small Mike. problems. Yeah. <laughs> Small problems. It's a different timeline. <laughs> well, that's true. That that one that uh, they went back to. Uh, uh, was it Patricia Arias, uh, Sam's mom's house? That uh, was a little bit different. Uh, Jean was with Kara in that original timeline, but it was now it was Monel and Kara uh, dealt with that. Uh, so I thought that that was interesting. The different uh, variations on the scenes that we saw. I thought uh, I thought the way they sort of played with those scenes, you know, how it used to be and now how it has changed. I, I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, I thought they did a great job with that, except for some of the wigs. <laughs> oh, some of the wigs. Oh, boy. So uh, which which wig uh, was probably worse uh, in, I, in your opinion? I'm trying to remember what wig it was where I turned to Mike and I was like, what is that wig? It was definitely it was on, real it was big. on Kara. It was, I think, while she was Supergirl, and it was real big and, like, real wiggy. <laughs> it was, it looked the most wig of a wig I've ever seen. It was not as bad as Alex Alex's, like, side pony wig that one time during the crossover. What Was it the moment when, uh, so Kara leaves after she tells Lena that she's Supergirl, and then she goes to deal with Mercy Graves, and then she comes back? I think that was it. That yeah. that was that was the one that really stuck out to me. But some of her her car wigs too, not as not as good either. Yeah, the the wigs were a little distracting. Necessary but distracting. Speaking of Mercy Graves, <sighs> they mentioned I her. Can't. So <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm glad they at least mentioned her. But I hashtag thought it, justice for Mercy. <laughs> but but I thought it was really interesting, just given the the variation on the scene, is that. I thought it was smart the way they wrote it because if Kara didn't have to hide her identity from Lena, she could have just handled Mercy, you know, like, you know, in two seconds. That was really funny. I like that. In the original (laughs) sequence of events, like, it's taking her longer because she has to, uh, not fool Lena, but she has to kind of play it off like she's not Supergirl and, and it just becomes very... Uh, chaotic and she's having to kind of go out of her way to do things and so it's harder for her to jump in as Supergirl and stop what's happening but without having to do that with Lena it makes sense that she would have like gone in there handled business and come out and I bet in that version Mercy Graves is still alive like she's in jail somewhere like planning her perfect escape like her prison breakout I wonder if she's still alive in the I really would just want to go back to that evil Lena timeline is there a Mercy (laughs) Graves in that timeline I mean, I feel like I feel like in that timeline, Lena bumps back into her and Mercy Graves is like, do you want to like do some world takeover stuff? And Lena's like, high five, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Man, then I really want to go back to that evil timeline. She's like a she's like a minion. Maybe she's the one in charge of the the hope bots or something. (laughs) But the Graves are Lex's buddies, right? Yes. She definitely would have taken out retribution on them in that evil timeline. Mm, They would not be around. Especially if she could just shoot like shoot beams of light out of her chest. Yeah. What do beams of kryptonite do to regular people? Bum them out. They're just like blasters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good question. I think in the comics, uh, what even on the Smallville, they I think played with it a little bit, where uh, Lex was exposed to kryptonite and it gave him like radiation poisoning. So that probably it would not be good. 
Yeah, get real sick. Yeah. You would probably have some sort of cancer. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be a bummer. You would eventually probably die from that. Uh, So it probably kills humans like it would kill Kryptonians. It's not that different uh, in terms of the uh, consequences. Um, Okay, all right. So I guess we've sort of hit on the timelines and Mixie and the uh, resulting decision that Kara makes. So I guess my last question in terms of the discussion is, do we think this was a fitting 100th episode of Supergirl? Do you think this uh, was worthy of being this big milestone in the show? I do, yeah. I liked it. I think I'm beside my my biggest regret was that we didn't get Cat Grant. Besides I, the wigs. Besides the wigs. A huge regret. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, Calista Flockhart, I, I, I assume it was very hard to get her. But it, was, it was a scheduling thing. They, I read that yeah. they wanted her, but they couldn't get her. Such a, because she was such a integral part of, of the first season and such a good character and like maybe one of the best characters on the show. And so I was really hoping for the 100th episode that they could have figured out some way to get her on the show. I think, I mean, showing that she died in that one timeline just made me sad that she wasn't there for the 100th episode. So I don't know. I'd like That was probably my biggest regret. Other than that, I thought it was a really good. I liked being able to like jump through all the previous seasons and, and be like, oh, yeah, I remember the rain season. Oh, yeah, I remember when Lena first showed up, uh, you know, in season two. Um, it was really nice to get like kind of the greatest hits of Supergirl. Um, even the greatest hits where, you know, uh, Sam Whitward's Agent Liberty was back and I was like oh god love you Sam Whitward but oh no not you <laughs> <laughs> um, it was yeah and like Co- like Coville we got Coville back uh, shout out to the Supergirl writers um, for obviously listening to the show uh, because <laughs> because why else would would they give us that love letter that was hat's hat? <laughs> <laughs> a more useless minor character there has never been on that show, and yet they felt the need to mention him twenty five times in that episode. In fact, his hat was the key plot point. Yes. <laughs> I felt like it was just for us because of my obsession with hat. Uh, I was only sad that hat wasn't actually a, the character hat wasn't in the show. But uh, if if we could only have either hat or hat's hat i guess i would take hat's hat over hat (laughs) (laughs) um and there was also a lot of snapping so much we got hope bots it felt like uh if they had thrown in like like a brian the alien and like somebody emerging from underneath the desk i think we would have had some sort of supergirl radio bingo (laughs) (laughs) I did think it was funny. Uh, Mixie says to Car- to Kara, he asks he asks her, "Wouldn't you like to see the world uh, see what the world would look like if you controlled the narrative?" And I thought, I kind of think uh, we are uh, from <laughs> Supergirl Radio point of view. Uh, we are sort of controlling the narrative because we we have gotten a lot of the things that we wanted. I did count, and I think this is the correct count. Somebody can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I counted 19 snaps. So that's so nine. That's nineteen snaps more than Snapper Car ever snapped be, on the show. Would it be funny if it turned out that Snapper Car had been in nineteen episodes? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're retroactively giving us all the snaps we were denied. <laughs> I just can't believe they never had him snap. Not once. Why is he named Snapper if he doesn't snap? And oh, I don't think snapper. they. I don't think they realized it until 
somebody, I don't know if it was us or if it was one of our listeners who pointed it out to one of the writers on the show. And they were like, oh, yeah, we never did that. <laughs> it's like, oh, my His gosh. Snapper. <laughs> How do you miss that one? I mean, M- Mixie, his first time on the show he did snap then so this is nothing new for him and how he operates but i i just thought that that was funny a lot a lot of a lot of snapping um yeah uh mike what did you think uh, as a as a viewer of the show not necessarily podcasting about it every week but uh, what did you think just from uh, a fan of the show watching uh, watching the show did did you think this was a good 100th episode i really liked it because i really think it gave Kara like a lesson she really needed like I really, you know, just like we were talking about before, I think her coming out and saying, you know what, I can't control what Lena does anymore. This isn't my fault. I said my piece and I'm ready to, you know, like accept her back if she wants to be my friend and work with me. I think like Kara needed that to move on a little bit and to just go about her day without worrying about, you know, how can I fix this? How can I fix this? She's doing what she can. And if Lena comes around, Lena comes around. She can't do more than that. I thought that was really good time for her to learn it. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was most excited about with this 100th episode because there was a lot of Kara. It was a story. It was a story about Kara and Lena, but it was a story about Kara mostly. And I just, Kara is my favorite character on the show. And sometimes I feel like she gets pushed aside to tell stories about other characters most of the time. So to have the show focus on Kara and then also lean a little bit more into the comic book uh, source material, I was I was just like, this is what I wish the show, and I try not to force my needs and desires onto the show because it's their show and they can do whatever they want to. But I, I think that the show always succe- succeeds more often than not when it focuses on Kara, number one, and leans into the comic book aspect of the source material. And so I think that that was what made the the episode really strong is that it really leaned heavily into both of those as- those aspects. And I was so over the moon that it was a great episode for Kara as it should have been I mean the the show is Supergirl and it's celebrating its 100th uh, 100th episode Rebecca what what was the source material that you're referencing because I I don't know well most mostly the mixed Pitalik stuff uh the sort of the 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 way um his you know power operates the fact that he has that bowler hat um uh in terms of you know hats hat being something that really mixed Pitalik should wear um and the uh the evil lena and we've got a tweet that sort of references this but when i was watching it i sort of recognized it immediately mostly because um i started reading the superwoman series uh because I had gotten tricked into it by DC Comics because initially it was supposed to be a Lois Lane series. Nope, <laughs> she dies in like the first issue and it became a Lena, uh, not a Lena, uh, a Lana Lang series. And I was like, come on. This was the opposite <laughs> of what that, I wanted. Doesn't that feel like something that Smallville would have done? <laughs> <laughs> Secrets and lies. <laughs> so I, I kept reading it because it did have Lena Luthor in it. And Lena in that comic, uh, if I remember correctly, someone again can, you know, shoot us an email, supergirlradio@gmail.com. Uh, but if I remember correctly, Lena, like, was, uh, she had gotten into some kind of accident. She had uh, had some sort of disability. She had a bald head. Um, and so I think 
a lot of the evil Lena that we see reminded me of that version of Lena in that Superwoman series. Uh, just the, the way she talked about how she had been injured and all of this uh, kind of stuff. So that, I think it was sort of kind of leaning on that Lena Luther a little bit. Of course, maybe they didn't intend for that to be. I'm not entirely sure how many of the show writers read the comics. Uh, so it could just be me putting that onto the show. <laughs> but uh, but that's the kind of stuff um, that I think that it was sort of leaning on um, in terms of the... Uh, the the evil aspect of it and the Mikshas Pitalik part of it. Um, so I think that that stuff, uh, it made it feel comic booky to me. That evil timeline, that felt like a comic book to me. That felt like it was trying to do something that was so different from what the show, because the show is like, hey, we're going to be topical. We're going to make it like the real world even though we don't have it set up like that in the show, in the world of the show. Uh, and so a lot of the times that's the way the show operates. But in this evil timeline, it felt, I mean, that felt like a comic book to me. So I, I was glad to see a little bit of a fresh take on the show and and the way it presented itself. So I, th- I think it was a great episode. I, I was, like I said, I was on the edge of my seat. And I don't think I've been on the edge of my seat at all this season. <laughs> not even during crisis crisis a little bit but i kind of always knew like what was gonna happen for the most part i think yeah i mean there were some surprises but i wasn't like oh my gosh what is gonna happen um but this episode i really i felt like that and i did think it was a little funny that <sighs> how do i say this politely um the the show i think admitted almost unintentionally admitted that seasons one through three were a lot better (laughs) because when i when i watched the episode there was so much of like for example season three in there rain was everywhere sam was was everywhere everywhere in there they talked about pestilence and i just kept thinking you know i i think they're uh they're like hey remember season three remember how good season three was remember how that's not what the show is anymore but remember how good that was coincidentally that's when monel left just saying oh god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's a valid point actually that's that's tough to argue with though it's tough to argue i want to i want it so badly <laughs> That's why I said it. I know. But I just thought that was so funny. It just was like, it made me long for a a different time with the show that it just, it seemed like there were, like Rain was a really compelling villain. It's so funny because Odette Annabelle is, and this is no knock to her physical appearance, but she's, she's not a real threatening looking person, you know, like she's not somebody you would probably fear if you just kind of ran into her on the street but when she puts that rain stuff on and she acts like she's rain she's pretty scary and she has that voice and everything and so i just it made me sad that in season five here we are with you know a uh, pencil skirt and Mar- <laughs> margo and uh rom-com so much so much mulch <laughs> <laughs> just piles of mulch that's what we've got in season five except the real villain i think is lex luther who really is as good as it gets i mean yeah. he was the villain last season too i I think the problem with the villains and I think Rebecca makes a really great point because if you go back to seasons one through three, one of the things that they all have in common besides uh, besides Monel apparently uh, <laughs> is 
<laughs> is um is good villains. You had yeah. you had Astra in season one. She's a great villain. Laura Bonanza was great. You have season two. You have Terry Hatcher just chewing every single piece of scenery <laughs> she comes into contact with, and you have Lillian Luther chewing the rest of the scenery that Terry Hatcher <laughs> hasn't gotten. And uh, <laughs> in season three, you have Rain, who is you know such a good villain. And then what happens is that these last two seasons have not had that kind of good villain. We only find out in like the last two or three episodes of last season that it's actually Lex Luthor who's been the villain the whole time, which like if I knew that, I would have been more jazzed instead of having to watch like Agent Liberty like and all of that. Oh, he was so bad. All of that. Oh, God. And then this season, again, like maybe Lex is the ultimate villain of the season, but we're spending so much time with pencil skirt that like <laughs> <laughs> and they keep on talking about how, you know, the uh, Leviathan is the ultimate villain. It's like, no, what I want is I want Terry Hatcher like yelling at people and like trying to take over the world. That's that's a good villain there. Yeah. So I think it was a, a kind of uh, I don't know, hit or miss is the the right way to put it. But it, it was a great episode to showcase what was awesome about the show, but then I think it also unintentionally showed the weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it emphasized what was not good about it anymore, in, in my personal opinion, anyway. Um, and I think that's why I enjoyed the Evil Lena stuff so much, is because I was like, all right, now we're getting a villain. She's, you know, taken over the world, I guess. Uh, she's got, you know, armies and, and she's got rain as an enforcer and evil brainy and like ah oh, I was so concerned about Supergirl when she faced her so that stuff I just I just wish I had that kind of uh edge of my seat feeling like I had with that scene like the rest of season like I hope I have that for the rest of season five because I really haven't had that thus far yeah I think they just need to they need to step up their villain game they need to like the villains the villains were fun at one point. The villains need to be fun again. Like, Ducky Lex Luthor is fun, but he's not the villain right now. He's arguably trying to, like, fight Leviathan. So he's in a weird morally gray area, too, which is, you know, that's that's Lena's area. Like, accidentally science, science murdering somebody in the name of justice is Lena's area. Like... <laughs> We can't have Lex there with her. See, I don't think there's anything accidental about about Lex, though. I think, yeah, he's trying to stop Leviathan because that messes up his plans, which will be revealed. That's always the Lex Luthor M.O. Like, even when you think he's doing good, he's doing something for Lex in the future. To your point, what I did really like about this episode was that it was an episode about Supergirl, a.k.a. Cara Danvers. It was the 100th episode. It was all about her, which you wouldn't think would be surprising. I thought it was going to be about Kelly Olsen. It should have been. (laughs) (laughs) All the Kellys, all the various Kellys of the show come back. Season one, Kelly. Season one, Kelly. Oh, wow. (laughs) What if if OG Kelly had been in one of those timelines? What if Supergirl had been able to save her in one of those timelines? That changed everything. What if if on one of the, the timelines... Supergirl saves Kelly. It turns out Kelly's actually a very terrible person. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like, and it's like it's like the uh, the the last version of the timeline where Lena's like a dictator, but it's Kelly, and she's just, she's just like I'm finally getting my revenge. It's Even like better. she puts everywhere in uh, in National City. She puts up one of those like little hang in there posters with the cats. <laughs> Even better. What if she saves Kelly? 
Kelly becomes best friends with Lena and it just fixes everything. Lena's happy, <laughs> but she's not friends with Kara. <laughs> she just like does her own thing. And it's just like, you know, a good, generally good person because she's got Kelly. And Lena's like, you know, Kara's not that bad, but she's no Kelly. She's no Kelly. <laughs> I think we would all be happy in that uh, in that timeline. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it was a, it was a good, uh, way to honor the show. And I think it was for the most part, pretty successful in what it was trying to do. So I, I think, uh, all good thoughts, mostly, uh, most, I, no, I shouldn't say all mostly good thoughts. Uh, maybe not the wigs, but mostly good thoughts. <laughs> all right. Well, th- I think that's going to do it for our discussion. So let's find out what our listeners had to say about It's a Super Life. Uh, our first tweet comes from Jesso13, who says, besides the lack of Alex, I didn't like the tough love with Lena uh, at the end. The villain line was pushing it, but maybe it will work. I just feel like that's a lot to go through emotionally for us and Kara to not have things work out. Side note, Lena needs more in her kitchen. <laughs> do you think, I mean, come on, Lena does doesn't cook let's be honest that's that's what she was keeping james around for mostly probably yeah yeah um at supergirl oh boy there's so many numbers at supergirl zero two two nine zero zero said i love the episode the ending scene was kind of needed Kara needed to say that line to get lena to snap out of it we'll see lena start to second guess herself in upcoming episodes I mean, Willie, Willie, I don't know. I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah. Right now she feels just villain. So, yeah, she feels uh, she feels like she's in a pretty dark place. Maybe what she really needs is hope back. <laughs> or Kelly. Or Kelly. <laughs> um, at I am no guitar hero said, love the episode. Ending scene with Alex and John. Alex breaking down over dead Kara. Metallolina. Rain, I bet you both even were mon positive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hope Robots, only downer is that we didn't get hat, just his hat. Uh, happy Car is done blaming herself. Your move, Lena. Um, at Super Corp Lover, um, wrote a very demure message, I believe. <laughs> it's, 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 we don't really know how she feels. Um, no, actually, it's all in capitals. So I'm going to so do the much. best I can with it. She said, or at Supercorp Lover said, I loved all the timelines. <laughs> evil, evil Lena was wow, 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 wow. Kara and Lena both dying was wow, wow, wow. Kara would rather die than fight Lena. And Lena would rather die than fight Kara, than have Kara reveal her identity was wow, wow, wow. I'm screaming. I loved it. Um, that was I a pretty that good interpretation. I hope that that's the vibe that you are going for. <laughs> <laughs> My reaction to that tweet is wow. Is wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Um, at SL Fricky said, great exploration of those what ifs that managed to effectively use all those great characters. Also, Kelly was there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> How did we not get one utterance of the name Ultra Woman, though? Uh, and then it said, Hope. Uh, hecking overzealous police exosuit. Yeah, so Ultra Woman, uh, I think, is the uh, the Lena Luther from the Superwoman comics that I was talking about. Um, so yeah, I I was waiting for it too. Uh, SL Fricky, uh, I don't know how they didn't uh, get in there. Maybe they just didn't have time for it. But I I'm I'm there with you. At Sony Sony Ravat 1997 said the whole episode was a roller coaster. Loved every cameo. But one thing is clear: the world is doomed without Kara and Lena. Fr- Lena's friendship. Kara has taken a leap of faith. Now Lena has to do the same, which makes this season a fight for Lena's soul. 
Dun, dun, dun. You know, I didn't think about it that way. That's really, you know, that's really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hopefully they fix it. I hope they fix it. Uh, at Frack Tall Inverter said, one of my favorites, great story, great mixy, a bit of a Christmas story, return of some old favorite characters, thumbs up to everyone. It might have made a better Christmas episode. It would have been a really good Christmas episode. But I get, I get what they were going for. Even if they wanted to do a Christmas episode, they couldn't because of Crisis. Oh, that's true. Crisis pushed them out. They were like, sorry, got to blow some universe is up (laughs) Uh, at kaya underscore matsui said if kara really watched the tape about lena choosing lex all she had to do was take the baby truth seeker with her and have a conversation with lena about all the timelines she saw and how not telling her was the best thing no need for that harsh villain line at the end i mean i feel like if she had gone to lena and been like Listen, I just saw a bunch of different timelines, and in every time I told you, uh, everyone died. I feel like Lena would be like, "Just get out." Yeah. <laughs> does, does that not sound like the lamest yep. excuse ever? <laughs> Listen, I wanted to tell you, but it turns out telling you just kills everyone. <laughs> no, I'm good. Bye. Yeah. Um, at Electra WWF said, I'm so glad Kara decided to stop blaming herself for Lena's reaction. I was worried that the plot thread was going to continue all season. Lena chose to react badly to Kara's secret, even after Kara uh, bared her emotions and told her. Whatever Lena does next is on her and her alone. Uh, at Aildu said, loved it. It was so emotional and entertaining. Melissa and Katie were great. Now I will always love watching Katie being evil. And I th- and I thank the writers for giving us that. But the premise of that really didn't make sense. Uh, of that reality. Of the reality, I guess. Yeah. Supergirl can still save people without becoming their friend. <laughs> it's true. Uh, maybe, maybe it turns out that Supergirl really only does save her friends. That's why she didn't save Kelly. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. It all comes back to Kelly somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Chase Aphrodite said, I think Kara got Mixie's lesson wrong. Other than that, they used the most important episode in the series to focus on Kara and Lena. This confirms to me that the two are the soul of the show, are the soul of the show just as Alex and Kara are the heart. Um, at Kagan Meyer said, yeah, it was definitely an emotional roller coaster. Kara is never allowed to die after seeing Alex in that scene. Also, even though it seemed out of character for Kara to say those things to Lena in the end, I hope it's just setting up for the fight for Lena's soul that we were promised. Um, at, ooh, at VH451 said, Oh, my head. So much <laughs> process. Did someone challenge the writers to flesh out all the almost but not quite stories from season one? <laughs> <laughs> and did someone in the writer's room say challenge accept it uh <laughs> kidding aside tonight was a fun episode congrats to everyone on episode 100 i feel like if they had challenged the writers we would have finally found out john's deep dark secret it's it's, it's still just hanging there we shall never know <laughs> what if what if that's like the uh the next milestone episode they're like we're going to go back in all the timelines and learn all of John Steakburg's secrets. <laughs> what What if they do like a Sopranos finale ending where he's about to say his big secret and then they just cut to black and then that's it. That would be amazing. He's like, he's like, Car Alex, there's something I've never told you. It's my deepest, darkest. And then it just cuts out. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect ending. <laughs> 
we've just uh, given them a fr- uh, an ending for free <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> um, Picks by Katie McGee says, uh, the way I screamed when I read Hope on the Lexo suits. What do you think about this new fifth dimension powered incarnation of our favorite best friend? Um, I loved this version of Hope. She just, she wanted to clean up the streets and, and maybe she wasn't doing it the right way, but you know, she's trying. She's learning. <laughs> I enjoyed that the Lexo suits actually had Hope on there like it, yeah had the name on there so you you see so you knew who that was what yeah. do you guys think it stands for what hope oh. yeah. um i don't know i'm i'm not the acronym writer yeah the, a- the, the listeners do such a good job i think we we just kind of give it to them to come up <laughs> with all of that all right so listeners Please tell us what you think hope stands for. Oh, we get the best acronyms. Like, uh, there's a listener who's, who every every podcast episode gives us a new hope acronym oh. for what she was doing that week. Okay, so there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Yeah, I think I think it started with SL Fricky, but then other people have joined in as well. I'm uh, I'm not as creative as the people who are coming up with the the amazing hope acronyms. <laughs> um. At tone underscore ring said multiple hope robots that spoke with robot voices. <laughs> if that's the wrong timeline, I don't want to know if I want to be right. Uh, <laughs> a great episode, though. Finally putting Kara's guilt to rest. Her calling Lena a villain at the end was a callback to when vil- uh, Lena told Kara Car- she knew, right? And then uh, our last tweet of the night was uh, from Mark HBPWM, who said, I'm pretty sure that Morgan really is writing for the show now. <laughs> Mark, you can't you can't just like blow up my spot like that. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, not only did we get an army of hope bots, hope, happy opportunity to purify Earth. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good one. Uh, not only did they make Mixie Mon negative, but they went way out of their way to bring us hats hat. Fess up at Mojo Chastic. I admit nothing. I admit nothing. <laughs> um, it, it did sort of seem like we had something to do with it, but we didn't. That was all. That was all in the show. The show writers. But God bless them for bringing that those hope robots. They were like, "Hello, it is me. I am back, busted out of jail. <laughs> Just like started from the bottom. Now I'm here." Blowing <laughs> up Car's house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, that was good to see. Well, we re- uh, received an email from Daryl who wrote, quote, I am disappointed that out of all of the alternate time uh, realities, Kara chose to take her final lesson from the one where Lena is a villain without incorporating all of the alternatives where she and Lena were able to work together in the end and the one where Lena took the news well. I mean, I, I think at, at the point where she, like, returned back to the regular timeline, like, there's nothing that she could do to change where they were, like, currently – I feel like she she told Lena like, you know, I'm still here if you want to be friends again. But if you decide to like, if you decide to mind control reality, I, that's not my fault. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not taking that on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she tried a couple of things and they just didn't work. So she she just uh, <laughs> wanted to go back to what she knew. Laura emailed with uh, a quick thought regarding a comment you made on the podcast regarding the drug that Lex mentions when Lena awakens in 510. You said you think Lena should check to see if she's missing a kidney. Yeah, that sounds like something I probably said. I think you did. Uh, (laughs) That seems extreme to me. There would be some pretty significant outward signs of organ harvesting. All good, all good thoughts, Laura. Uh, However, um, oh, I think Oaksite. it's pronounced. Yeah, I think that's how yeah. it's pronounced. 
Yeah, however, oak site harvesting would leave few, if any, outward signs. The inverse is also a possibility. Lex might have had Lena implant it with a tracker or other tech of some sort so he could track her or control her at a later date. I I realize that this is never going to come up again because the show wanted to put it in there, but then I don't think they want to follow up on it. But I think (laughs) the idea that he might have put a tracker in her is also possible. Super interesting. I could see that coming into play like, at the end of the season. Possibly. All right. So we'll we'll see if we get any other mention of that drug later on. I'm not putting any bets on it, but I, let's just wait and see. Uh, well, Courtney wrote in saying, quote, you ask if there was uh, an Agent Liberty on Earth Prime. Yes, there was. In the episode after Crisis, Lena is looking on the internet at articles regarding Lex and Luther Corp, and an article says Lex and Supergirl defeated Agent Liberty, unquote. Thank you, Courtney, for uh, answering a question uh, for us. Uh, That's good to know. Danvers Couch sent us an email saying, Loved Rain, Brainy, and Lena working together. Love that I was in this episode so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We did get the catch back. Even though Mixie got me blown up. Uh, especially love the last scene between Kara, Alex, and Jean. The scene where Supergirl finally tells Lena that the ball is back in her court was very good. Loved Alex and Kelly fighting together. Looking forward to more of that. I give this episode a 10 out of 10 couches. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, we did see Kelly fighting with the Guardian Shield again. Uh, uh, completely unexplained once more. Yeah. <laughs> what if she just keeps on popping up with the Guardian Shield, but no one ever comments on it? I hope that happens, actually. <laughs> That would be a great running uh, uh, gag on the show. Uh, well, Erica asks, quote, do you think Car's tough love is what Lena needed to hear in order for her to move away from mind controlling people, unquote? Um, I think it's possible, but I think Lena is really on a course to do this uh, not on a cherry thing. She's been working on it real hard. And I, I think she just she wants to see it through to the end. I think she's pretty far in now. I don't know that I don't know that that registered with her. I, I one would hope, but I don't I don't know that that's true. I mean, she'll probably have like a last minute uh, realization, but I, I think it's going to it's going to be a while before we see that. Yeah, I agree. Maybe uh, we'll see it in May. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think around the time that the uh, the housing market plummets in National City is when, <laughs> is when Lena might get a crisis of conscience. <laughs> um, Emily wrote in to say, you may have already heard this from others, but you mentioned Nolan from Revenge on last week's podcast. <laughs> what what a podcast we have! Sure, just take a moment to. <laughs> We're talking about revenge. Uh, I haven't mentioned it, but I feel like because this is the 100th episode of Supergirl, I need to mention, always open for Judith Light. <laughs> always here for her, waiting for her to show up. National treasure, Judith Light. National, national treasure, you, Judith Light. Are you trying to get her as a guest on the podcast? I just want to be clear. <laughs> We're open to whatever I mean, she wants maybe, to do. Maybe Twitter could help crowdsource that. Judith uh, Light. Judith so everybody tweeted Judith Light to get her on <laughs> yes. the Supergirl podcast. I think that's really important. Could you imagine how confused Judith Light would be if she got all these like, requests to be like, please go, please go on Supergirl radio. And she's like, I'm not on that show. I don't Why? Why would I do that? I really hope your listeners embrace this. Judith, girl, we'll have you on anytime. <laughs> um, okay, I got a little off topic, but... Uh... <laughs> Start that one uh, but Emily wrote in to say about uh, Nolan from Revenge. She said that actor, Gabriel Mann, was on an early episode of Batwoman. 
Yeah, I had forgotten. I had heard that uh, Tommy Elliott was going to be on Batwoman, but uh, again, I've only watched the first two episodes, so I just I think I just missed Tommy Elliott and uh, Gabriel Mann as Tommy Elliott. Uh, so that's really exciting. We've got a revenge actor in the Arrowverse. So it's possible he could show up on Supergirl. We can make this happen. We can start. <laughs> we can. We start. I feel like by f- sheer force of will, we started the Dallas ball rolling. And so now we can start the revenge one. A- Emily Van Camp, girl, what you doing? <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> I mean, she she's in the Marvel universe, right? That's true. We'd, we'd, That's ha- true. we'd have to c- get her to come over to the DC universe. But I think it's very possible if Batwoman and Supergirl have a crossover together. That that could happen. I mean, it's possible. We can get we can get Nolan on this show. <laughs> oh man, that would be so awesome if we could do that. Uh, well, Meg, a longtime listener, first time uh, feedbacker uh, dash sender, wrote in to say, "quote I felt Carr made the right decision in the end. The whole point of this episode was that what's in the past is in the past. We can't change that. All we can do is move forward and do the best we can." I am not a superhero alien, but I had a situation in my life where I was also between a rock and a hard place and lost a friend because of what turned out to be quite uh, quite uh, inconsequential decision. All I could do was apologize and express that I understood uh, that I understand how I had hurt my friend and see what I could do to remedy the situation. But when someone doesn't forgive you, it's really hard to feel guilty for so long for something that you can't undo. Kara's done all she can to apologize to Lena and understand why she's hurt. It's up to Lena now to either forgive her or not. I, for one, hope that Lena and Kara get back to being friends. My friend and I were able to, and I think they will be in the end, too. Maybe Supergirl shouldn't have straight up called Lena a villain, but on the whole, I agree that I agree with Carr taking the stance of I did what I could, I did what I could, I'm trying to do better, I'll be here for you, but I can't feel guilty about something I can't change anymore. And if you, in, fa- in fact, do something evil with Lex, well, he's Lex and I'm Supergirl and I can't stand by and let that happen, unquote. And I think Meg makes a good point that what does Lena think that Supergirl should do? I mean, if Lex and Lena are doing something bad, Supergirl should stop her. Yeah, exactly. She can't be like, listen, on a normal situation, I would stop this person from mind controlling the world. But like, I did really goof up our friendship. So I'm just gonna have to let her have this. <laughs> yeah, I think I think past Kara might have done that. Uh, in terms of like letting her like, like hand waving her her bad decisions. But I think now Kara's starting to wake up to the fact that sometimes Lena does this stuff. Well, she almost did with the um, with the military base Lena took over. She just, she couldn't bring herself to stop her, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, so Lynn wrote in to say, I loved Mixie 2.0. Won't make you pronounce, oh, Lynn, come on. Just do it. Just do it one time. Just try it. Lynn said, Lynn said I won't make you pronounce Mizzy's Pitalik. <laughs> that's uh, good. That's good. <laughs> you uh and liked how they played him as more fun slash impish my only wish is that we could have seen him wearing the hat really hope we see more of him miriam wrote in with a question about the use of the fifth amendment uh this is right up our alley on supergirl we're all all about the amendments here in the constitution uh saying quote i am a little confused about how lena was able to plead the fifth during the courtroom scene I was under the impression that you're only able to do so if the information is self-incriminating. And seeing as Lena isn't Supergirl, it seems to me that she shouldn't be able to plead the fifth. Is this just an oversight from the Supergirl writing team, or am I missing something? Unquote. Well, uh, we reached out to the, our Supergirl Radio legal consultants, 
And Susan replied, uh, so this is what Susan, uh, one of our lawyers, uh, one of our personal uh, Supergirl Radio uh, <laughs> lawyers uh, had to say. So she says, quote, whether or not Lena taking the fifth depends on things we don't know, I'm afraid. The Fifth Amendment protects an individual against self-incrimination. Taking the fifth is shorthand for I decline to answer because the answer may incriminate me. Taking the fifth is not a free pass to not answer questions you would prefer not to answer for any other reason. If the answer to the question will not put the person speaking in criminal jeopardy, she cannot take the fifth. In the case of Lena, if she just didn't want to reveal Supergirl's identity, then it was not used properly at all. Surprise, surprise. Uh, (laughs) Susan goes on to say, but it would have been appropriate if there was a risk she could be prosecuted for Mm -hmm. aiding and abetting a crime Supergirl committed. Wanton destruction of property, (laughs) perhaps? Or harboring an alien if there was no Alien Amnesty Act? Oh, Susan, don't get into that. No, Uh, Susan. (laughs) uh, So Susan finishes up saying, I'm sure you ladies can have some fun thinking of the whole bunch of other things Kara might have done with Lena that would be crimes that could get her prosecuted, unquote. Uh, So I guess if uh, you want to come up with uh, speculations, uh, anybody listening, uh, send it to supergirlradio at gmail.com about... Uh, what Lena might have done with Kara to uh, potentially get prosecuted. Uh, send us your suggestions. Uh, but I hope that clears some things up uh, regarding the Fifth Amendment. I saw a lot of uh, talking about that on Twitter. Uh, and I, th- I think also Instagram. I saw some things going on, on Instagram. So hope that clears some things up. It sounds like we don't know all the details, but I guess the main takeaway here is uh, the show continues not to understand the Constitution. So that seems right up the uh, the mo of the show. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if in that version of reality, maybe Supergirl stops working with the DEO at some point, she might be a vigilante. In which oh, case, maybe. Lena helping her out would be like aiding and abetting. Yeah, I, I could see it. I mean, there there's a there's a thin line, but you could make a case. Also, like Susan said. Uh, wanton destruction of property. So Lena and Supergirl pal around all the time. They're like, hey, There's... you want to blow up? <laughs> you want to yeah. uh, fly through this building? Right <laughs> at the top of the roof uh, that uh, Supergirl has done <laughs> in the past. That? Straight. What you went through. <laughs> straight through the top of Catco. Um, and also, if uh, you're curious, I know there were some questions about Brainy from last week's uh, Supergirl Radio, so I do have some responses from our Supergirl Radio legal consultants regarding that. So that will probably become a post on the Supergirl Radio website, supergirlradio.com. Uh, so uh, check that out in uh, the coming days. I really want to say that I really love that you guys have <laughs> legal consultants for we do too. Supergirl Radio. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, uh, it's one of mine as well. It's one of mine as well. <laughs> How many other podcasts out there that are not related to anything legal or business have legal <laughs> consultants that just like weigh in on random topics? Because I bet it's a very select few. I know. I'll fight them. <laughs> <laughs> Ours are the best. Uh, speaking of, Susan also wanted to share some thoughts on It's a Super Life saying, they did a nice job of doing something unique and special that felt like a celebration of the past 99 episodes, while it also fit in nicely with the current story and where things stand this season in the bigger picture. On the flip side, it does seem the producers have truly moved away from Kara and Alex being the core relationship of the show, and instead have shifted to trying to imitate Superman. They seem to be doing Superman Lex in skirts. It can be fun to watch, but it's less unique than having a positive relationship between two women being the core of the show. Is it fun to see 
two women have a po- I mean, I guess it is fun to see two women have a positive relationship. I mean, that's why I love Playing House. I know I talk about Playing House all the time, but it's, it's I a love great, that show. It's a great show. Everybody should watch it. I mean, that's a positive female relationship. But when you're talking about comic book characters and good and evil, I mean, and, but this is also coming from somebody who's wanted evil Lena since day one. So <laughs> that's true. I, I have a skewed perspective on this, but uh, I don't know. I think they've, they've, it's, it is kind of ending in the same place as Superman and Lex, but I think they've taken a different, uh, a little bit of a different approach to it. So I don't know. We'll see where they go from here, but I mean, it could change that it could end up being a positive relationship between the two of them. We don't know yet. To her point though, I do miss, I've been kind of harping on it a lot this season, but I, I miss the car and Alex stuff. I feel like, um, because Alex has kind of been almost non-existent. It feels like this season, uh, the car and Alex stuff has also been way, way less. Um, so yeah, I would love to see more like good sister stuff. I agree. Well, Ashley wrote in, uh, saying a quote, I thought that Patricia Arias looked a bit different from the original scene, unquote. And that is a correct Ashley in the original scene from season three. She, uh, she doesn't have a hat on. I think that's the biggest difference that I could see. Uh, and in this <laughs> new alternative timeline, she does. So the only reason I can think that she, maybe they put the hat on her because they wanted it to be different. But I also think maybe it was just cold that night when they were shooting in Vancouver. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to put a hat on. Uh, so I, there, there is a difference uh, in, in the way she looks. Patty Mello wrote in to ask, so that is the lesson that Cara learned after all the timelines she saw? Don't get me wrong. I'm glad Cara doesn't blame herself for Lena's actions anymore. But the whole conversation at the end didn't so, sit well with me. I'm not saying that Lena is right, but people keep saying that Cara has done everything in her power to reach her friend. But has she really? After the reveal that Lena knew in 5-7... Uh, um, all we saw was Kara trying to apologize once in 508 and that backfired because Lena thought that Kara used the hologram just to release a virus into her system. And then we only saw them interact one more time in 510 when Kara tried to tell Lena she was Supergirl, but she already knew. So from Lena's point of view, Kara didn't try that hard to talk to her and repair their friendship. Therefore, Kara's words and tone at the end scene were really uncalled for. And very out of character for her. I hope Lena sees the light, but Cara threatening her was not the best way to reach her, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of good points, and thank you for bringing up those examples uh, from the show. Uh, I I personally just, this is a personal uh, side note, I, this episode, the 100th episode, made me have to go back into my Google Docs to try to figure out where those scenes took place, because I wanted to go back and look at them. And there was only one scene that I couldn't, place and it was the one and we'll talk about i guess with lena luther boardroom or ballroom but the ice cream dress dress scene if somebody knows where that scene takes place i have an encyclopedic knowledge of the lena luther um outfits and i don't believe that that ice cream dress was in the right scene because i think that ice cream lena originally wore that ice cream dress in the brunch scene the rooftop brunch scene yes thank you uh so uh, she's she's either repeating outfits which we know lena luther does not do (laughs) after she wears an outfit once she burns it uh or (laughs) they they just were like we still have this dress and people remember it so let's put her in that dress for that scene that had to have been season four though when that that rooftop scene happened because nia was there nia was there yeah that's true i just want to comment on morgan's uh 
statement about Lena burning all her dresses. You know, several of Morgan's friends have said to me, have you ever seen Morgan in an outfit twice? I have because I see her every day. (laughs) But a lot of people also think Morgan does that. Mm. So just a similarity between Morgan and Lena. Maybe this is why maybe this is why I've been defending Lena all episodes. It's just, <laughs> just hitting too close to home. <laughs> yeah, I was I was curious about that scene because it's the scene where Carr's like, oh, this is where she says I didn't come here to make friends. And I sort of remember Lena saying that, but I didn't have anything in my notes, which I thought maybe I would have. But uh, I don't. So if anybody has any idea when that originally took place if that was a scene uh let me know because i was very confused about that one i could find all of the other ones but i couldn't find find that one uh but thank you patty mellow for uh providing those examples uh to back up your point of view Uh, i really appreciate that that's some uh uh, specificity that i really appreciate uh well alex wrote in to say quote thank god Carr finally stood up to lena luther her teary-eyed pity party was really getting old don't get me wrong, I love the Lena character ever since she first appeared in season two. But her self-righteous, I'm doing this for mankind attitude this year is also wearing thin. She's a big Luther now and needs to start taking accountability for what she's doing, unquote. Uh, Danae wrote in to say, I was happy that they gave Kara and Lena a scene in our timeline so that this episode didn't feel like just a filler with a bunch of cool new timelines. We saw the direct impact of what Kara had seen in every alternate universe on how she treated Lena. Why I'm not too sure about Kara saying that Lena is close to being a villain, especially since this has always been Lena's biggest fear. Maybe it is, it is exactly the nudge Lena needs to see that this project and this team up with Lex is a bad idea. Uh, if I could have it my way, I would like for her to work with Lex still, but after this conversation, she's decided to double cross him. She'll collect evidence that Lex is doing shady stuff, make sure the project is never actually launched, and protect her friend Brainy from diving too far into his teaming up with Lex. She'll be using her wits and talents as a force for good, just like she is meant to. I don't know. I, 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 I'm hoping that uh, Lena's like, no, I think this is uh, making me even more uh, more interested in working with my brother and uh, doing bad things. <laughs> that's uh, that's I'm how a, I'm hoping. I'm going to do this. now. Well, now I'm concerned that like maybe the reason that I'm uh, defending Lena so hard is because I, I just, I like really relate to her on an outfit level and like now i'm afraid that one day like mike is gonna be coming home gonna come home and i'm gonna be whispering to the roomba and i'm gonna be like it's okay it's okay hope it's okay (laughs) yeah right although on that last uh on that last comment i almost see it more likely that lex betrays her which is like not really a hard path but i really see her embracing that relationship and i bet she's going to be real close to mind controlling everybody and he's just going to be like no nah, i don't want that <laughs> oh that would be a good people twist. be nicer no thanks yeah well i mean he'd get mind controlled yeah exactly no thanks. he's not signed up for that yeah i think it, i think it would only uh, he would only do that if it affected him <laughs> he's like no i want my free will what are you talking about um, well, Fanny wrote in to say, quote, I noticed a goof, and she says, Rebecca, correct me if this is not the correct term, in the episode, and it made me laugh. When Mixie arrives, Kara opens her door with her glasses on. Then she rushes Mixie inside, and her glasses are gone. Finally, she closes the door, and her glasses are back on. It's obvious that this was filmed in different shots, and they definitely forgot to t- to make sure that there was continuity throughout the whole scene, unquote. I actually went back, Fanny, 
and you have a really great eye because I missed it. And normally I can catch those things, but you caught it and I didn't. Uh, but that is 100% correct. Those, uh, what what I would, uh, I think they're commonly referred to as continuity gaffes. Um, so y- you can use goof. I think that's a, a perfectly good uh, way to use, <laughs> use that here. Um, but yeah, they definitely uh, did not uh, perform good continuity in that scene. Alternatively, she just used her super speed to take her glasses on, off, on, off. <laughs> I think that's perfectly logical. I, d- I did like in that scene in terms of the glasses when Mixie comes in and says, you know, I'm here to help you. And Kara takes off her glasses and she says, what do I what do I need your help for? And I thought that was a great use of taking off the glasses because she's taken off her glasses to emphasize that she's Supergirl and she doesn't need his help. So I thought that I thought that was that was a good way to to use the glasses. Yeah, we got some good glasses content because I feel like in one of the timelines, and I think it might have been the ice cream dress timeline where she tells Lena like way too early. That was one of my favorite timelines, too, because when she tells Lena, she's like, Lena's like, why are you telling me this now? I like literally just met you. You're being real real weird. And uh, that was one of my absolute favorites. I was like, that's so funny. But uh, she also was like, oh, my God, the glasses. How could that have fooled me? In like one of the timelines. And I thought that was really funny. And Kari was like, oh, don't worry. It fools a lot of people. It's true, though. New Rachel sent us an email to say, I'm really happy that the show has reached 100 episodes. And this was a very enjoyable milestone celebration. I'm also glad that I was mon Positive, and that even though we didn't get William as a horse, mm. we did get Hat's Hat, Hope Lexo Suits, and Thomas Coville and the Colt of Rao, which was pretty fun to see again. I also liked seeing Sam back. I missed her a lot, and as disturbing and sad as it was to see Rain and Brainy as Lena's slaves, essentially, as well as watching both of them die without any remorse from John or Nia and Alex and <laughs> Kelly, respectively, uh, I would have appreciated seeing those concepts fleshed out a little bit more. Also, I'm sure boardroom or ballroom will be a lot of fun this week, especially with Metallolina in the mix. She seems like the kind of person who would place a crown made of kryptonite on... Supergirl's head. And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? So, uh, Morgan, do you have any thoughts on the Metallo Lena? And because uh, she she definitely had uh, a unique, a distinct look to her. Oh my God, Metallo Lena! Um, she had everything uh, <laughs> it was high fashion all the way uh she was going uh with a really a really super villainy look she was like okay i'm evil how do i let everyone know at a glance how evil i am and uh and what she went with which is what what all of the most evil villainesses go with is like how dark can i get my lipstick and the answer was pretty dark Uh, lena was like what if i wore all black like a cat burglar um and then i wore the just the darkest like reddest lipstick and uh and then pulled my hair back in like a severe bun uh I look like I, I'm the kind of person who would give someone a hug now. No, the answer is no. I'm not getting a hug from this, Lena. And you can tell that at a glance. And I respect that. She's telling you what she's about. Uh, I think before we started recording, I said that this version of Lena looks like if anybody is watching um, Schitt's Creek, um, which is a, 
a delightful comedy. She looks like um, Moira Rose when she's uh, playing in The Crows Have Eyes too. The Crowening. <laughs> Where she's playing like this. She's like a, it's like an actress who's playing in like a B movie on like a Netflix kind of channel. And uh, she's playing a, a scientist who becomes like uh, the queen of the crows. <laughs> and that's kind of the vibe that Lena was, was giving us. She was giving us some crow realness. <laughs> it was, uh, I feel like, I feel like if we had stayed in that timeline long enough, like she, like feathers would have sprouted and she would have flown away. Like maybe that's part of the kryptonite powers that she has. <laughs> She's like, hello, my pretties. And just like a flock of crows flies in. <laughs> like, would that have seemed out of place? I don't think it would have. <laughs> opinions on boardroom or barroom. So I, I really think this outfit was boardroom but if that boardroom was basically in the witcher which is like <laughs> high fashion game of thrones yeah yeah i feel true. like that's kind of the boardroom uh that outfit was going for i agree i agree like she's a, <laughs> she's like the head of like a witch council yeah but she's but she she's kind of starting to break bad at this point and like people are starting <laughs> to notice because they're like didn't lena used to wear colors why is her lipstick so dark and she why does she keep carrying around crows <laughs> <laughs> like this is the beginning of her dark turn in like a fantasy novel series <laughs> where you start to tell like i think something's up with lena bitten by a radioactive crow <laughs> lena luther comes to us <laughs> in a world gone mad do, do it mike you could do a good one in a world gone mad <laughs> a radioactive crow and now is insane go <laughs> We've just uh, we've just created a whole B movie that Supergirl <laughs> can spin off if they, if they so choose. <laughs> After Sharknado Four, stay tuned for Lena Luther and the Crows. I would one hundred percent watch that. Uh, so that is a delightful. Yeah, she she didn't have any floral uh, as you know, evil Lena. So that's how that's how you know she's gone bad. You know everything's gonna. You can't see any clavicles. There's no shoulders and there's no florals. Like. <laughs> I know it's, it's taken a turn. <laughs> I'm surprised Evelina didn't have her shoulders out though, because that's that's how you know she's powerful. That's her most powerful form. So like maybe maybe that's how you can tell that like really inside she's just lo a lonely little girl. <laughs> or a crow. Or a crow. <laughs> This has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. All right. Well, uh, so I guess we should uh, get to some snap judgments. Before we wrap up our feedback, we need to make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. At Mark HPB. PWM said, since you've been getting so many horrific snap judgments, uh, here's one that's purely for fun. Nancy Drew or Katie Keene. Interpret it any way you like. The shows, the characters, the characters as they are in the books, etc. Um, okay, I'm going to go with Nancy Drew because she's OG. Like, I I, I saw, uh, we were at like a, somewhere over the weekend, like an antique, antique store. Antique store. 
bookstore and I saw all the yellow spines for the Nancy oh, Drews. I love those. Yeah, yeah. All, all, all I had to see is those yellow spines. And I'm like, Nancy, what, sc- what scrap are you getting yourself into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who Katie Keene is, but I used to read those those yellow spine Nancy Drew books when I was uh, little. So I'm going to say Nancy Drew. I'm going to be controversial here. and I'm going to go with Katie. And that interpretation is solely based on name alone, <laughs> because every time Morgan sees an ad for it, she goes, Katie Keene. <laughs> and, and really endearing. So Katie Keene over Nancy That's Drew. True. That's true. You were going to play video games the other day and you're like, what are you going to what are you up to, Morgan? What are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to watch Katie Keene. <laughs> fun name to say. Uh, OK, so we got some snap judgments from Gina. Um, one death that affected you the most, Cat Grant or Lena? Uh, Cat Grant. Cat Grant, man, that's rough. It's rough. I miss her so much. Cat Grant, we're always here for you. And her death was off screen. Yeah, it was brutal, man. <laughs> we didn't even get to see a dramatic death scene. Okay, <laughs> paintball with John or Alex, or game night at Cara's. Game night. I'm not good at paintball. I'm gonna go game night too because I feel like. Uh, John and Alex are the kind of people who get way too into it and then like just shoot you a million times after you're already out and you're like screaming the whole time I'm out I'm down I'm down (laughs) (laughs) Alex takes the headshot (laughs) yeah paintball sounds uh, painful so I'm gonna go game night at Kara's which um, would you have wanted to see more Um, Cat Grant or Brian the alien Cat Grant it's gotta be Cat Grant although Brian what what scraps (laughs) getting into what kind of malarkey is your life about now what would he what would he be doing during the evil lena timeline oh god who knows he's probably like uh like selling food on the streets or something (laughs) (laughs) he's got like a whole black market of like hot nuts (laughs) (laughs) he's got a whole black market hot nuts (laughs) operation he's like hey 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 you want a candied walnut (laughs) i got a candy walnut for you Uh, that is that almost makes me want to choose Brian the alien, uh, but I'm gonna go Cat Grant. Oh man, it's amazing. Um, from Alanis, um, who would win? Who would have won the paintball game, Alex or Jean? I feel like we answered this one, but I'm going Alex because I think she's probably brutal. Yeah, I think we did answer that. Uh, I'm gonna say Alex. Only if John doesn't use any of his powers. True. If he uses any of his powers, Alex stands no chance. Yeah. But as we know, Supergirl is. Uh, famous for only having people use powers when the plot dictates it, not when they actually can. So I guess the question is, does the episode have budget that that we <laughs> So you think the powers are determined by budget, not I plot? I do, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. If the if the episode has a has budget, then maybe John wins. <laughs> okay. Um, in what alternative universe would you have stayed? The one where Kara dies, the one where Lena dies, or the one where everyone, including Cat Grant, dies? Um, I think I've already co- gone record. I'll, I'm taking the one where everyone dies. <laughs> well, I don't want Kara to die, and I don't want Cat Grant to die, and I, I kind of want to keep everyone else. So I guess I'm going to have to say Lena, the one where Lena dies. Yeah, I, I was 100% okay with that one. I mean, you get you keep Monel, you get rid of no. Oh, oh yeah. Monel dies. Uh, oh, he he get, he gets heat visioned. Does that change your answer? No, I'd still we, take the we, one where Lena dies. You get rid of Lena and Rain, but you trade Monel for it. It's like it's sad, but at least you. I want to remind you, we don't know the status of Ramakan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, the important thing is, are the plants okay? Is the, are the plants okay? <laughs> He's gotta, just their guardian. We gotta keep them plants. <laughs> I think I was just hypnotized by the newspaper spins in that one, so it got it got me. <laughs> extra read all about it okay from anna <laughs> we have in the timeline with the dead Kara gravestone did lena spend the rest of her days waking up screaming from nightmares anna what is come on <laughs> these, these are these are the uh, snap judgments mark was talking about anna you and i we need to have a we need to have a talk just you and i because these are getting really bleak <laughs> and and so detailed and so sad um okay uh, did Lena spend the rest of her days waking up screaming from nightmares about being unable to save Kara in time? Or did Lena spend the rest of her nights at Kara's gravesite, lying in the grass above her dead body, whispering, this can't be real, please come back. So I'm going to take a different tact, and I think that she, the second one where she's at the gravesite, but she's just pulling out clumps of grass, whispering, take it. <laughs> take the grass. <laughs> take the grass. A second that. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna say she she wakes up screaming uh, from having nightmares. I think that's more more up uh, up the tortured aspect of Lena's character. So I'm gonna go with that one. Okay, what hurt Kara more? Being blasted to death with kryptonite by her best friend who had no idea who she was or seeing a reality where Lena had to suffer until she was completely broken and no one, including Kara herself, had done anything to stop it and save her. So another another upbeat one, Anna. Thanks. <laughs> um, Hmm. I mean, I feel like being blasted to death with kryptonite would suck. Yeah. So I'm gonna go that one. I'm gonna go offbeat with this one and saying when Monel died. Mm. Yeah, that's that, that was, was the worst. The, that was the worst one for Kara. That was the worst one for Kara and not, for you. Not the rest of her friends. <laughs> just, the, just, just, just specifically Monel. <laughs> She's like, oh, if only you had just survived. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna go being blasted to death with kryptonite. Last one for Mana. I have a feeling this one's also going to be sad. Anna, <laughs> Anna your ch- my challenge for you for the next episode is to send us one just straight up, upbeat, happy snap judgment. <laughs> Please do this for me. I need it. Super okay. silly also. Acceptable. Super silly is also good. Okay. What was more traumatizing for Kara again? Uh, watching Lena be murdered in front of her and her collapsing dead into her arms or Kara seeing the Lockwood hostage tape of Lena begging her not to reveal her identity and knowing that Lena was out there somewhere slowly dying and she was about to lose her best friend forever. Hmm. What would be worse? Like having your best friend die in your arms or like knowing that you can't save them and they're just slowly being deprived of oxygen. I don't know. That one's actually a puzzler. I don't know which one's worse. Definitely the first one's worse because she ends up saving her. That's true. Yeah, the the first one where she's dead, I think, is the worst. That's that's much more traumatizing, I would think. Well, I I thought that the second one was that she couldn't save she couldn't save her. I thought I don't that know. was she, the... she's still alive though, and Car's the paragon of hope. That's true. She's always got hope. Where there's a will, there's a way. Okay, you've you've both convinced me. It's <laughs> definitely the first one where where she dies, where she actually dies. Uh, so our next uh, snap judgment is from Araceli, who said, which would you like to see again, Evil Lena or Red Kryptonite Kara? Um, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm Evil Lena. I'm team Evil Lena all the way. I mean, what if the next time we saw Evil Lena, she had like a full coat of black feathers? I'm Evil Lena. <laughs> see, I don't like Evil Lena. I like, I like good Lena. So I'm going Red Kryptonite Kara. Fair. It's just a temporary state. Yeah. yeah. That's- that's true. Evelina is a... It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice. 
<laughs> it's a lifestyle. She's loving it. Uh, okay, we got a set of snap judgments from Danae. So the first one is, if there was an alternate timeline in which there were no bad repercussions, Lena and Kara stayed friends and kept working together, no super friends die, and Kara herself stays alive as well. Would you want Kara to choose it or would you want Kara to stay in our timeline and face this problem the hard way? So my answer is the easy way. You take the easy way. There's no bad repercussions. What's the downside? There's no downside. Take that easy way. Yeah, if there's no downside, why not take it? I, I mean, no you, don't, you don't need to learn and grow. Just take the easy way. Yeah. <laughs> it works out. Everyone's happy. If there's a timeline, everyone's happy. I'm taking it all the time. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I don't know. I like uh, when Kara has to deal with hard things. Uh, so I'm going to go. Kara has to stay in our timeline and face the problem the hard way. See, you can tell that we're lazy. And <laughs> <laughs> take any, any easy way out. <laughs> hey, if everyone's happy. Um, okay. What was your favorite cute side note? Uh, Mixie naming his tapes in a Friends episode title way or Lena's very elaborate tea ritual with like four different cups and all? <laughs> Um, I loved the friends call out. Friends was so good. Yeah, I think I'm going to go friends on this one. Um, what did Lena mean in the final alternate timeline when she said her mother had experimented on her? Lillian had brought her into Cadmus or her birth mother had brought her into Leviathan? Wait, her birth mother's part of Leviathan? That's a speculation. There's some speculation. Oh, okay. From our listeners, mostly. I like it's, it. It's the same way we accept. got to the whore, Con, William being Comet the super whore. <laughs> but that's canon. That is canon. Yeah. So. That's, that's correct. It's my understanding. Yeah, no, you're right. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Cadmus because, you know, Lillian Luther always. I like the idea of it being her birth mother, but I, I think it's more likely that it's Lillian and Cadmus. Okay. This next one is very long. So let's just buckle up. <laughs> Let's say you could choose one of the alternate timelines of which the storyline is a full season of Supergirl. Would you choose the timeline in which Kara told Lena she's Supergirl as soon as they become friends and we get to see their friendship develop with full tr trust? However, as soon as the Cult of Rao and Agent Liberty would come into play, you would see the death of every super friend take place and in the end would find Kara all alone. Or would you choose the storyline in which Lena becomes a Metallo, in which you would see her mother experimenting and manipulating Lena in detail until nothing of the kind friend is left and she recruits Rain and Brainy for her personal purposes? Metallo Lena. I gotta go, you know, if it's a full season, I gotta go Metallo Lena. Does she start out in like the ice cream dress and then end up as the <laughs> That's that fashion journey with her. I wanna take that fashion journey with her. That'd be a great arc. It would be. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I really want to see the the resistance team underground. So Yeah, like how did how did Nia get that scar? Mm. Did dream energy fail her? <laughs> I mean, what are her powers? Maybe that's the season we find out. <laughs> it definitely didn't, because as we saw, her dream energy could hold off was it rain? Uh no nobody else could, but the dream energy could. She she could stop a tidal wave, but getting a scar. That's uh <laughs> that's tough. Um, okay, so we got uh, a snap judgment from Mary Ann. Who'd win in a fight? Lena from the dark timeline or Red K Kara? Red K Kara. Red K Kara, right? Like, she's still super girl. Well, but she's still affected by kryptonite. Yeah. Hmm. I yeah, guess... Metallo's got kryptonite. It's yeah. pretty tough. That is yeah, a tough Maybe, so, it, maybe it would be Lena. What do you think, Mike? 
Probably Metallo. You think Metallo? I feel I I don't I don't know enough episodes or Superman episode, uh, comics where he fights Metallo, but it feels like such an uphill battle. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go Red K Kara, just because um, you know, like I believe in her. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. Uh, <laughs> we got a snap judgment from I am no guitar hero who said. Which look do you prefer, Metallo Lena versus any other Lena look? Oh boy. I mean, there's so many options to choose from. I have to choose any other. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go any other Lena look. Look, because I mean, the the gray sweater is still in play. Yeah, the gray sweater's in play. Uh, we got that time that she showed up as a uh, Corella Deville to the <laughs> ice skating rink. <laughs> we have all the times that she showed up to work in a formal ball gown with her shoulders out. <laughs> Just to, you know, take the quarterly projection meeting. Uh, so, so yeah, I got to go every other lean on Luther look. You know, you guys are really missing out on getting to experience the episode live with Morgan <laughs> because there's so much outfit commentary every time <laughs> shows up. She's just it's by far the most interactive I see her when she's watching the episode. It's when <laughs> Lena appears in a new outfit. I just love those outfits, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got uh, a snap judgment from Marissa who said, timeline with evil Lena and evil hope robots or timeline with James. <laughs> oh my God. <clears throat> I'm sorry. One second. <laughs> I just gotta get it under control. <clears throat> or Marissa, you... <laughs> You, you devil, you. <laughs> or a timeline with James as Turtle Boy with the Newsboy Legion. <laughs> uh, um, oh, oh, God. It's really hard. I gotta go Turtle Boy. It's Turtle Boy. It's Turtle Boy. It's turtle boy. Oh, God. What, what kind of adventures would Turtle Boy James Olsen with the Newsboy Legion get into? <laughs> I can't even imagine. It'd be amazing. This question slayed us. I'm crying. <laughs> I only wish we could put Turtle Boy and the Newsboy Legion in the timeline with you know, Evil Lena and Evil Hope Robots. Imagine like like Dreamers trying to hold off Rain and Brainy and she like and the Hope Robots and she's like I'm losing and all of a sudden you hear a bicycle bell. <laughs> And they're like, hold on, we got you. And like a, like a newspaper just flies through the air and it hits Rain in the face. Oh my God. Rain just immediately kills all the newsboy legion. I, I don't think her crow stand a chance against Turtle Boy. No, I don't think so. The, the power of Turtle Boy? No, definitely not. That's a really tough... Uh, making a choice, though, is hard. Um, I guess I would say Turtle Boy just because we haven't seen that. And I do want to see the Newsboy Legion. And the combination of that, I think, is the best part of it. So I'm going to go Turtle Boy with the Newsboy Legion. Oh, okay. (laughs) Such a good snap judgment, Marissa. A plus. (laughs) Would you rather go paintballing with Alex and John or have a movie night with Alex and Kara? Okay, so this is similar to the other one, but that one was game night. This is movie night, though. Does this change your answer? Not at all. I, I think Alex and Carr actually have pretty solid taste in movies. I think that they'd probably choose something great. They'd have really good snacks, like real good snacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if uh, if you hung out with them after Mixie left. He left oh, in yeah. that, all that food. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go movie night. And just to reiterate, Alex and John are definitely terrifying. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you you die within the first minute, but also they keep shooting you while you're down <laughs> on the ground in the fetal position. Alex is still shooting you, yelling the whole time, just <laughs> just screaming the whole time. <laughs> we don't want that. Um. Okay. Uh, our last set of snap judgments is from uh, at Medvedzinia. Who said, Morgan, would you be more upset if you found out that Rebecca was the secret head writer of Supergirl or if your fiance knew Rebecca's secret the whole time and never told you? Michael, why didn't you tell me the secret? (laughs) I'm a trustworthy guy. If Rebecca tells me a secret and tells me not to tell anyone, I can't tell you. Not to me. It's a secret. (laughs) Not to me. She asked for my confidence. What's the spousal privilege? I'm I'm an honest and trustworthy friend. I'm picking picking the second one. I'm I'm actually mad at him right now. (laughs) (laughs) Over the fake secret? You're you're not here, but I'm I'm fully glaring at him. Yeah. I just want to thank you, Medved Zinnia. You did this to me. <laughs> well, I don't think uh, Mike and I can make a snap judgment. I think this was just for you. <laughs> snap this judgment. Was for you. I pay for it. I'm furious. <laughs> <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for uh, thoughts and feedback on It's a Super Life. So, Mike, where can our listeners find you on the internet? So I don't know why you guys would want to find me, but you could find me at MG Latiri on Twitter. Yeah. You know, it'd be great if I had a LinkedIn and I was like, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Please, please friend request me on LinkedIn. No, that would be amazing. He doesn't have a LinkedIn or else I would definitely tell people to do that. Hilarious. You just got a swarm of notifications of people who are like, I want to be your friend. Tell me about accounting. <laughs> oh, I really wish I had uh, created it a few weeks ago and yeah, just plugged it. Yeah, would be amazing. And you, and you can find me on LinkedIn. At... <laughs> but you should, you should, uh, you should follow him on Twitter. He's got some good, good tweets on there. Good Twitter content. Do I? I mean, you have Twitter content. <laughs> Sometimes you remember you have it. Yeah. So you're also on Instagram. Tell them about Instagram. Oh, I'm, I'm on Instagram, also at MG Latiri. It's mostly pictures of Morgan and my vacations. Exactly. So if you want double the pictures of our vacations, <laughs> follow us both. They're real good vacations. You'll feel like you were there. Also, oh, also our fa- also our food. It's food and vacations. Food, food too, yeah. Yeah. That's all you need on Instagram. Yeah, that's true. That's also, the, life. The most important things food and vacations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can le- leave us a voicemail at 678 718 7252. And make sure if you want to send in feedback, make sure you get it in before Tuesdays at 6 30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. Uh, Instagram, pay attention to it. We're doing a lot of new things there. Live We're streams. some stuff out. <laughs> uh, I decided to test out the live streaming function for what I said was 10 minutes, and yet somehow I ended up on there for one hour. <laughs> but it was a quality live stream. Uh, everybody should go to our uh, Instagram account and check those out. Uh, uh, check out those videos. Uh, you can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on the show uh, and inspired by the show even. Uh, we're on Radio Public. 
Bullock and Podchaser. And we are also on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. You can find all of the links to everything I just mentioned, uh, because I know it's a lot, at supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Mark for the DC TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, or just podcasts about it, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, or classic DC TV shows, or the upcoming Swamp Thing and Stargirl shows, you can subscribe to the Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow at DCTV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at JLUniverse.podomatic.com. Also do a little bit of voice acting for a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest. I, I play Leanne there. Uh, so we have the first two seasons of The Fakest already. And I think Bill is writing season three currently. So I'm very excited to see how that uh, goes down in season three. But uh, definitely check that out because it's a it's a great uh, original sketch comedy podcast. And and maybe, uh, maybe uh, I'll get to be in season three too. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. Bill, if you're listening, <laughs> put me in. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which uh, this show is back on. So we're doing uh, normal episodes like we weren't doing during the hiatus. And so, uh, you know, if you watch the show, the podcast is a great companion. Uh, but if you don't watch the show, the podcast is still a great companion. We'll be your friends. Put put the, put us on. Listen to us. You don't need to watch the show to do that. <laughs> there, there was a little feedback on Twitter that said uh, Legends of Tomorrow podcast was a, a gateway drug into the show. Nice. I'm, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. I really appreciate the people who listen to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast but don't watch Legends of Tomorrow. That's dedication. That's what I do. Yes. Yeah, see? <laughs> Again, that's dedication. I'm just a fan of the podcasters on that podcast, so I <laughs> listen to the podcast. Well, this has been delightful. A great way to celebrate the uh, 100th episode of Supergirl. Uh, so that's going to do it for our episode on It's a Super Life. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And please, everybody, go easy on Mixie. It's tough to be an imp. Imp.